an amazing guest. Fantastic, Frankie. Thank you for coming. Of course. Thank you for coming. No, you're somebody I've seen you on my page for about a year now. And then when you like um put out like the TikTok, hey, I'm gonna be in London, I was like, after I, I by <laughs> by by any beats, I have to I have to collaborate with you because what you've been doing on TikTok is amazing. Oh, thank you. And like, no, I, always, I think it's always important to like give people their flowers while they're here. Like what you've been doing, just like the stuff, even the stuff you mentioned where you've been doing like press runs and the co- community you've been able to build. Um, and just like as a black woman on TikTok talking about nerd culture, like I very much as a fellow nerd myself appreciate the content you're making. So I just wanted to like thank you for the stuff that you do because it really does help. Even though I don't agree with the stuff, some of the stuff <laughs> you say, which we'll get into, but it's all a part of like the discourse and building a community amongst like it's it's hard enough being a nerd, it's hard enough being a black nerd as it is, and just you having the bravery to like, you know, get on your platform and talk about the things you you talk about, and sometimes fight the BS you see in the comment section because yeah. I've seen the wars you've been fighting, it's, I've seen the wars you've been fighting. So yeah, just big up yourself, man. Yeah, it's uh, thank you. I um, yeah, I don't know why I get people so angry. Honestly, truly, <laughs> um. But it, it it is a lot of fun at the end of the day, and mm. I get to like spend my day arguing people who are like upset. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a blessing for sure. Mm. Let's get into like the origins. Like, what even made you decide to pick up like a phone, um, pick up the little microphone, and yeah. pick up Batman, and uh, decide to you know just hey, I got some stuff to say. Let me let me go on TikTok. Yeah, I re- I really got into comic books first. Mm. Um. And it was just a way I was connecting with my father. What was the He's first a huge. Comic you read? Um, I mean, I'm talking about when I was a baby. It Maybe have to a be milestone. Like issue number seven. Yeah, just like, um, just, yeah. Well, yeah. My dad definitely got me into Batman mm. early. Um, and ah, Justice League shirt. Yeah, I have a Wonder Woman shirt. Yeah. I try to be subtle. Uh, but yeah, um, I was I grew up a DC girl. Mm-hmm. Um, we would go to conventions when they first started when I was really young. And um, as I got older, like, Toonami became big, and that's kind of how I got into anime. And I had a totally different career for a while. I I got my master's in, like, kinesiology, which is, like, movement. And I used to be, like, yeah, post-hop. I used to be a scientist. Mm. I haven't practiced in now five years. Okay. So um, I don't know how good I'd be. I'd probably fail whatever tests I need to take. Um, But, yeah, I used to train and, like, be in post-op. And then um, I um, I started just because I wanted to. Like, I'd be on YouTube and, like, watch all these guys argue. And they'd talk about things that they would talk about stuff, but they wouldn't touch on a lot of things that I noticed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because they're guys or they're white. Mm. Um, so they, they weren't going to see things the way I saw. And I was like, well, I'll just wait for a black girl to come. And then finally I was like, well, she ain't coming. So let me just be her. Um, and so I started just like, ter- I, my videos are still up. They're terrible on YouTube. And I was like recording on my phone. It was garbage. The sound, the quality, everything was awful. Yeah. You know, you, evolu- yeah, it's you like, just start. It's like, I have old videos of the podcast back when, cause I started this when I was back in like university and I was like, oh my God, like the camera quality is terrible. Yeah. I didn't know how to edit sound. Yes. It sounds like I'm talking about this, like, but it's a part of the process. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you get, I, I, my editing was terrible the cuts everything yeah. even the points i was making were good but i just didn't know how to articulate it the way i would speak was very robotic 
And then I realized, you know, you just grow. You just yeah. grow. Um, and then, yeah, when COVID happened, it just gave me an avenue to explore that. And really, you know, everybody was laid off. No one was working. And I was able to, like, get grants from, like, Facebook and stuff like that and support myself. And then it gave me the room to, like, really yeah. put my energy into it. Um, and to your point, like... Honestly, I think people get angry the second I'm on screen. Like, I, the regardless of like what I have to say, they're like, "Oh, fuck this girl!" Like immediately. Yeah. Like so, yeah. it makes it easier to like push that out. But it's definitely it's interest. It's an interesting do you, experience. I, do you read through your comments? Because I can. Yeah, have, for sure. Yeah, 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 all of them. Do you ever just get dissuaded? Because like, there's a lot of positivity there. But it's like I sometimes can be like that one negative comment that makes you come off, or, or you, you, you do you just have thicker skin than that? Like, you said there's a lot of positivity in my comments. There's a lot. Oh, I because I I delete and block so ah. many people. Um, so if my comment section looks good, it's because I put it and I filter out so many words. So lately, I've been getting um, it's been a lot easier because I filtered out like bitch. Ah, minimum twenty to thirty comments with that in it. Um, but sometimes I, when I was talking about Across the Spider-Verse, mm. um, I, I was definitely dissuaded and I wanted to like, it was the turn whole Miguel discourse. Yeah. yeah I remember that. I remember Which was that. like, you know, what was funny. So like, I mean, we talked about it before, like I'm Afro-Latina yeah. from New York. I'm literally Miles Morales. So like, yeah. I can feel that the subtext. The story hits home a lot deeper for you than it will for like a lot of other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was because I said, hey, if you're not from this community, me, don't speak on it. I'm not going to discuss this with you because you're not yeah. going to understand it. And I think it was that piece that I said that they were like oh fuck this girl I'm gonna curse her out because yeah. what does she know she doesn't know shit about this da, da, da. and so I, I was getting so many really mean racist comments and really uh like sexist comments like threats and so I was nervous for a while I was like what if they dox me what if they find my mm. address um that was the only time I was like really dissuaded from like doing something but I knew if I took down that comment section, they were just going to flood everything, everything else, else. So, yeah. and be like, we won, we shut her down. Um, and there was like one creator in particular who still to this day won't leave me alone. KO? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's obsessed with me. Yeah. Him and his wife are obsessed with me. But I realized like, it's easy to like, not like me and be obsessed because I speak so confidently and like... I, I think there's a line between like, and I feel like with TikTok, people don't understand the line where it was like, okay... I may disagree with this take, but let me dis combat this take on a like respectful level. Hey, yeah. I don't see this perspective, but here's my perspective. But it's like, you dumb motherfucker. It's like, relax. Is that how you talk to people? Yeah, like, like it, They wouldn't though. That's the thing. Yeah. They wouldn't. They actually wouldn't. If they saw you, they wouldn't say anything to you. But because that there's like the protection of, hey, I can leave this and go about my day. They don't realize that. Yeah. These words are going to another person. Like yeah. You are speaking to someone. Just because there's like a barrier of like the phone doesn't mean yeah. you you don't you're not able to choose your words. Choose your words perfectly, and then let's have a conversation about it if you disagree about it. You and I, I question the way people are raised because, mm. to your point, I I was I, I couldn't speak to anyone like that. Like no. growing up in New York, 
we would never speak to and also i wouldn't say anything that i wouldn't say to your face you know what i mean and so a lot of that discourse a lot of that anger i'm like is misplaced because i'm at conventions all the time yeah. they never those people never approach me they never come to speak to me and i bet you half of the people that do approach you and say nice things are probably some of the trolls in the comments oh so i've definitely seen i've one person came to an event that i was hosting mm -hmm. and was all up in my face and then I was, and the people around him was like, oh, you should show her your comic book. She reviews comic books, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it. And he was like, well, you can't tag me because you blocked me. And I was like, why are you in my space? If I blocked you, never mind. Because I blocked you for a reason. Yeah. And I was like, like, what's good with you? What did you say? Because I, I mean, I do block people lightly. Okay, like, nice. I'm very quick to block people. But at the very most, I think the the lowest I've ever blocked someone is if you put L take, I'm like, you have nothing to contribute, block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like people yeah. who don't speak to me or don't have a conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I don't know what he said. He'd said something weird. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll unblock you. Because he was like, it wasn't even that weird. I was just disagreeing. I was like, I doubt it, but I'll unblock you because you had the courage to come speak to me. And then he said something weird again. I was like, see, and this is why. This is why you get blocked. This is why you get blocked. Yeah. And like, and I told him, I was like, don't don't come in my space anymore. Like, I'll have some guys with some slits in their eyebrows <laughs> waiting for you. <laughs> Don't, don't do it. Yeah. But before uh, we get to like, the main topics, we like to play yeah. a little game called This or That. Okay. Where I'll just give you two options you have to pick between this or that. Sound yeah. good? Cool. Would you rather live in Michael Bay's Chicago in the Transformers universe okay. or MCU New York? So this is including all the events that have transpired in right. each universe. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna go MCU New York. Mm. I'm still gonna go to um. At least Tony is like giving money back or something. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Michael Bay. <laughs> they just destroy the city and dip. Yeah, the Optimus Prime runs through the city. Yeah. Um, would you want Jedi or Wizard Harry Potter? <sighs> Harry Potter Wizard. Yeah, I guess a Harry Potter Wizard. I I mean a Jedi a Jedi you can't have no life right. No. I mean, the you new, age, the new age Jedi be doing new stuff. Like, new age Jedi. Which be, one? Luke be kind of... Bed, I mean, Ray kind of does nah, her own thing. Not really. Not really. You know, so that was the whole thing. You can't have, like, a family or anything. Mm. Like, nah. All they could do is move things. Like, combat. Like, how often do I think I'm going to be fighting with these powers? It's useful, though. The Force. I could just... You could do that with um, Harry Potter magic. You do Akio. Yeah, but then I got to do a whole spell. Only the white people in England, um, people in England use uh, I didn't mean to look you up and down. <laughs> That's y'all. That's y'all over your... there. Every other country in the Harry Potter yeah. world, they um, use wandless magic. That's me now. Yeah, it's just white I'm people. Brit. I'm a Brit, so I'm looking at it like I'd probably have to go Hogwarts and learn the. You go, one. aren't you African? Go to Uganda. Oh, they call it Wagadu. You go to Wagadu. Oh, God, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> um, oh, God, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Someone said if she made a Latin character, she would name it Ariba Arepa. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Oh, God. <laughs> For someone so creative, she's not a, she's not a good writer. You know, now that I'm reading uh, Lord of the Rings and stuff, yeah. I'm realizing she's not as creative as, as I thought she no. was. Like there, there's so much she just there's so much from other stories she pulled together and just kind of put out there. Yeah. And then to your point, like 
how you reacted to Wagadoo. She didn't even like really consider the name that's, that's, she named. That's basically as bad as Uga Booga. <laughs> that's, ba- that's basically she definitely called your own she <laughs> named her only Asian character Cho Chang yeah. like Ching Chang like it's it's, it's bad it, it, no it's given racist the the African character's name is Kingsley Shacklebolt Shaka Zulu no Shacklebolt like Shackle no, no, I, 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 like I, I, slavery slave, yeah I, I bet you she got the Shackle from Shaka Zulu or Dang. something it's, it's not I mean it's quickly she's like mm, I'll just do this like you know a quick name, name. I think that's how she named everyone. And there's, there's definitely, you know, like growing up, I was a huge Harry Potter fan, yeah. and I still like Ev. But there was definitely no intention into her story or her plot. Um, and I kind of realized it when I was younger. But as I get older and I'm talking to more people, I'm like, damn, they're yeah. this is not as good as I remember it being. No, no, it's hard. You got a couple more um, ants or a bug's life. Mm. Dang, which one they were hood? Uh, ants? Ants was probably more hood. Yeah, so a bug's life. <laughs> I'm not trying to live in poverty and an ant. That's crazy. All right. This is just general movie. As a bit, Which one's the better movie? Dark Knight or The Batman? Dang. <sighs> That's a really hard question. Um, I'm going to say... The Batman, mm-hmm. because I felt like Robert Pattinson's Batman was more of a Batman. Like, he was doing, like, heavy detective work. Yes. Um, but I think quality-wise, they're the same. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I think I like the Batman more for the you. Gotham felt like a living and breathing city yeah. in the Batman um, just even through the, obviously through the cinematography, the color palette, but even I had an understanding of like the different crime families, especially when it came yeah. to like people like Fan Falcone, Penguin, Cobblepot's involvement in that. Um, just the world of Gotham in one film felt more realized, in my opinion, than all three films in Nolan trilogy in terms of just Gotham itself. Yeah. So, um, and that, and, and after that movie, I'm so excited to just visit that place again. Yeah. Um, Gotham, it's the city itself felt like a character. That's true. And you know, um, the Penguin's coming out soon yeah, too. I That's going to be dope. I cannot wait yeah. for that. Yeah. I really liked how they painted the Penguin to be, like he thought he was also a hero, mm-hmm. and like I feel like that's very much true for the the crime families in Gotham that they're like we are keeping a stasis. Like everyone's corrupt here, mm-hmm. we're like keeping everyone in line. And so when he found out that Falcone had I forgot what he did, um, he was like betrayed everyone. Yeah. He was furious and was like, "I'm gonna kill you, sir. Like yeah. this is not what we do. Like we kill each other, we sell drugs, but we're not like we're here for Gotham." Yeah. Um, but I agree. And I think in the way that like with Spider-Man, New York should feel like a character, character, Gotham should feel like a character. And, and on Spider-Man, it. that's kind of like the reason why I have a problem with the Tom Holland trilogy. Yeah. I, there, obviously, there's a lack of emphasis on New York. And I get the far, far away home was obviously supposed to be set away from New York. But New, the, New York doesn't feel like its own character. It just feels like a backdrop. And even like something as trivial as we don't really get many scenes of Spider-Man swinging through New York. I know that we get the massive oh. end credit scene of um, In No Way Home where he's swinging through New York in the suits, but he, I remember in Civil War, I think it was in Endgame, no, Infinity War, where Peter says, how can I be friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's not a neighborhood to protect, right? 
but we don't really see him interact with his neighborhood. Absolutely right. We don't really see him interact with his neighborhood. It's just like these one-off scenes that we get in um, Homecoming. We get a few scenes here, but we don't get friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's all, he's either off in Europe handling uh, handling Iron Man's issues or No Way Home. It's a big multiversal threat that mm. involves Spider-Man, but I, n- I don't get the neighborhood hero part. No, I agree. I think like versus across the Spider-Verse where we see Miles like in the bodega, everyone in yeah. the neighborhood knows Spider-Man and like he's going to school. Exactly. I agree. I agree completely. And I think... That's just a curse of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Every every movie, particularly like their flagship movies like Spider-Man, have this like task to like set up or introduce or be part of something bigger. Yeah. And so it's very difficult to make something like a neighborhood hero yeah. for a movie, you know? Yeah. And I and but the funny part is is that that's kind of what was promised in Civil War because in Civil War we see Peter swinging through the city and the, the emphasis is that, oh, he's a kid, he's a kid, he's a yeah. kid. And Homecoming tried to deal with the high school aspect a bit. I would have preferred if they'd stayed in New York again. Yeah. But Homecoming was at least an attempt at that with, you know, you should um, you have to earn the suit and so on and so forth. But with the other subsequent movies, it felt like not only Peter inheriting other people's problems, but then the problems didn't feel intrinsically tied to him being a kid. Yeah, they no, felt, that's true. They felt like... Hey, okay, we've got introduced the multiverse, Spider-Man. Um, okay, we've got some subplots wrapped up with Iron Man. Okay, Peter can handle that. And it's like, I wanna see, I wanna see, for example, like Spider-Man truly interfere with his high school life, which Homecoming did, but then the subsequent movies kind of went away from. Yeah. And that was the whole pitch of like the new um, Spider-Man trilogy. Hey, we're setting it in high school, and the high school just feels like an aesthetic choice rather than the character choice at this point. I think allegedly we're gonna get that in the next ones. Now that no one knows him, uh. and he has his old suit, and he doesn't have. Yeah, but I agree. I feel like they skipped a step, and it's odd to see that like in the fourth movie. movie. That's what it's gonna give it, and it's odd. It's also it's sad. I was talking to someone the other day. Tom Holland is stuck. Yeah. As Spider-Man. I was watching him in Uncharted and I was like, why why won't he just swing out of here? And I was like, oh, this is not this is not They Parker. set him up for failure because I'm a huge like gamer. I'm an Uncharted fan. Yeah. In no way, shape, or form should Tom Holland have been cast as Nathan Drake. They're not even in the same age bracket. He was supposed to be like Nathan Fillory, right? Wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Nathan Fillion. Like um Nathan Drake is like a 30 mid-30s white man. He's basically a basically a more updated version of Indiana Jones, an experienced veteran right. that goes around finding treasures. And I understood that um, in some parts of the game, they tell flashbacks to a younger Nathan Drake. Yeah. But Nathan Drake's a primarily a seasoned um, veteran treasure hunter. So when they cast Tom Holland, that was like, why? Well, wasn't he supposed to be young? Like, this is his first mission? I guess, but the whole appeal of Uncharted is like this seasoned guy yeah. going on adventures. It's like, you could do a prequel if you want, but at least establish the first Uncharted movie uh, with a more experienced... It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like they announced like an Iron Man movie and it's like, hey, cool. We're telling the origins of Iron Man as a teenager in high school being under Howard Stark. Sure, we'd love to see that, but we want to see 
Tony Stark, the billionaire, play, do you know what I'm saying? They, well, they did that with Laura Croft, right? Didn't they? And it did terrible, actually. You're right. Exactly. Because they did like a young Laura Croft. Not that I thought she was old, but to your point, I never saw her as 20. No. Um, like Angelina Jolie probably was like 28 at the time, yeah. 26, but she still had like a, she didn't look a, like he looks like a teenager yeah. doing these things. Yeah. I think that's the curse of his face at this point. He's yeah. like 27. Yeah. I think, like you said with Tom Holland, I think he can't escape. The, I mean, a lot of actors with the big um, projects, big Marvel actors, at least they had the experience of doing other projects first. Benedict Cumberbatch had a had a storied um, catalogue of films before he was Doctor Strange. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, Iron Man revived his career, but he had a career before that. You could say um, even Chris Evans, you know, Jo I, I, I remember I sometimes when I look at Chris Evans, I don't know whether to think of him as Johnny Storm or Captain America. Interesting. Yeah, I, I remember him as the douche in perfect mm. score. But I, I feel like he always played like did, even in yeah. Johnny Storm, he was like and douchey he, and guy. Even in Scott Pilgrim versus the world, he was like he was the douche as well. Yeah. So a lot of these actors have like managed to cement a a somewhat of a career before this where with Tom Holland, of course he was in plays and films, but this was like we are introducing Tom Holland to the world as Spider-Man. Mm. And he hasn't been able to like break away with that because the other projects just haven't been up to par. Yeah. Um, and, and that must be frustrating for him because it's like, you know, of course, playing Spider-Man is iconic. It's probably the biggest superhero in the world right now. But as an actor, I can imagine that's super limiting, especially when your other projects aren't being watched or aren't being critically acclaimed. I think... He would have to take the Robert Pattinson route, mm. but it would be like, does he have the talent of Robert Pattinson, yeah. who is incredibly talented, right? Because he did not only Harry Potter, but then he was introduced to us as Twilight, Twilight. which at the time was huge. Yeah. And we didn't respect him, but then he started doing things like The Lighthouse, um, Tenet. And so we we were like, all right, yeah. we got you. I remember watching a video um, on YouTube. I think it was Nerdstalgic that made the video. It was about Leonardo DiCaprio's career. And it was a very similar career. Leonardo DiCaprio entered, you know, as like um, in Romeo, he, uh, as like the Hollywood sweetheart, you know, yeah. conventionally attractive boy um, in like project, projects like Romeo and Juliet. And then obviously Titanic, just yeah. one of the biggest films of all time. And Leonardo DiCaprio kind of had um, a moment in his career where it's like, okay, I could ride the coattails of this and apparently he was in early consideration for Anakin Skywalker. Interesting. He was in early consideration for Anakin Skywalker but he turned down the role because he wanted to be respected as like a, a pure actor. Um, then he sought out um, Martin Scorsese for and um, for There Will Be Blood which he starred alongside um, Daniel Day-Lewis and obviously Daniel Day-Lewis is like one of the most respected actors out there and that, and that kind of like reframed how people yeah. looked at him because it was like oh you're not just a pretty boy yeah like you're you're an actor actor and i think with tom holland there might be a thing where i don't know how much longer he's going to be spider-man for but it might be a thing post spider-man he starts to like okay let me find these almost art house directors and kind of make these art tour films i don't want to like separate marvel and these like oscar films i think all entertainment's valid or yeah. incredible but maybe it's a thing with Tom Holland where he needs to just find a passion project after this. Because, yeah, his other projects haven't been great. And I, and I really like Tom Holland as an actor. Yeah, 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 I do too. Yeah. I don't know. He needs to talk to Zendaya's agent. She got They got her doing 
I think the thing about Zendaya is she's so every role she does is so starkly different than the others. Like she's done like Casey Undercover, and then she's done like Mary Jane, and then she's mm-hmm. like Rue, where she's an yeah. addict. So it's like so many different types of Zendaya versus like when I watched Uncharted, I was like, this is Spider Man again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about um, your... How have you found JJK season two? I love I love JJK season two. Um, I rewatched it. I liked it so much that when it was done, I rewatched the first season mm-hmm. because it, it adds so much more color and context to the first season yeah. and the movie. Um and you know, I, I I made a video about how I'm really sad that ghetto yeah, is not sure, yeah. um ghetto anymore. And I get some of it, right? Like ghetto is very pretentious and he's you know, what's the word? It's not racist, but I he wouldn't work with cursed spirits himself. Yeah. So like in that aspect, ghetto wouldn't be but that part of the plan. He would only work with like sorcerers. But I was like, I think we could have found a way for him to align himself with curses to Mm. get his job because there's a line where he says um in the prequel where he's like he's pressing gojo right before he leaves and goes into the ether and he's like hey um are you saying that my plan is ridiculous because i'm not you and Mm. i'm not capable of it if you were telling me that plan would you think that it was like terrifying like and then he says that line you know are you gojo because whatever you're the strongest or you're the strongest because you're gojo exactly um and when i was watching that scene when he um you know swallowed mojito yeah um which is his ability so he swallowed yeah. mojito and now he has the power to change tokyo and he does yeah. it he does what he set out to do i was like imagine this is his ghetto after he mm. told gojo this is my plan this is what i'm gonna do and he achieves it i did i just felt like it'd be cathartic yeah. you know what i mean i think what i look at ghetto as is like like a character parallel I always see is like my it's easy one but Magneto mm-hmm. in the terms of like the Jujutsu society and you made a like you made a um great um video about like comparing that like, Jujutsu society to like conservatives and stuff like that yeah 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 um, but Jujutsu society um is inherently like not only corrupt but curses come from humans yeah so as sorcerers they they are sent out there as lit- literal child soldiers to exercise these um curses and his and his one his ability is so um fascinating because he's the only one that i see has to ingest these curses yeah so it's like it's a it's a metaphor for like he for sorcerers as a whole where they have to take the burden of the world's pressures mm. and they don't get any credit for it don't get any thanks for it they die on the job yeah and he saw with the two the two little girls that why the society despises them for being sorcerers so his solution was hey if i eliminate all of you guys all of humanity our people will be free yeah the very what is that 10 percent five percent of the population because it's also i think and they explain it in like the last episode or so japan is like the place with the most Most curses curses. so they're the only place really with sorcerers right like there was that african guy in the movie yeah yeah miguel um but which I think is so interesting that yeah. Japan, because um, I picked up on this. Obviously, I'm sure you've heard about the working conditions of, of MAPA employees. Of yeah, 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 yeah. But I find it like extremely poetic that 
season two is the one that introduced the concept of Japan having the most curses because Japan, we notoriously know their strict work culture, work-life balance. Like there, a lot of people end up like dying on their desks at work. And even in the production of this season, like morale was an absolute low. So Japan being like the epicenter of like curses, which are bred from a negative emotions. And Japan having like cases like... Um, you know, the fertility rate's low, marriage rate's low. The like su- the suicide, suicide rates rate are is high. high. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like Gege speaking to like the general like feeling of the country. Yeah, where absolutely. It's like, yo, this is a, this is a, this is a problem emblematic of us as mm-hmm. a nation. And he's using his narrative to tell that story yeah. about like, so when, when we found out Japan was like, like in terms of that like, had the most cursed spirits, so I was like, this has to be like, an allegory for like oh, Japanese society. And then I think, especially since Japanese society hides behind kawaii culture yeah. and like the cute, uh, you know, Hello yeah. Kitty. And they have a really dark and deep past. Um, right now I'm rewatching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, yeah. which is very, uh, I feel guilty watching it in England because it's definitely a huge critique on English and German, like oh, col- colonialism and absolutely. stuff like that. But it, so I was watching it. I was talking to a friend about it. And he had brought it up. Like, it's interesting that they are so even with like attack on Titan and things, they are critiquing white culture when they themselves are also colonizers and like, they're just suppressing their people and trying to pretend that it doesn't happen. And I was like, yeah, we forget that they were actual Nazis. Like they were aligned with the Nazis. They were like, let's do this. They were kamikazes. Like they were throwing Japanese planes. history of like, of them invading other Asian countries. Like, oh, like yeah. I've, Koreans. Yeah. Like I have like, um, like a few, like, um, like Asian coworkers, and like we talk about like the 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 hatred some of these countries have for Japan because yeah. of their problematic history. Exactly. Yeah. Which which we don't know, especially America where our only our only pipeline to Japanese culture is through the things that they give us, right? So yeah. it's through Hello Kitty, it's through anime, it's through that. And so I, at least in myself, and I know a lot of my contemporaries wouldn't even consider them being that problematic. No. And it also feels, at least for myself, it feels like something I shouldn't discuss or explore because, like, it's one thing for me to talk about white people, but it's another for me to talk yeah. about another minority group. Yeah. Um, and I gotta get over that because they're 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 oppressing people in the same way. Um, but I also don't like to give racist people ammunition to be more racist yeah exactly. yeah you know it's it's a conversation that i'm like it's a conversation that that should be had but it's like just because we're talking about this doesn't mean like i'm ignoring the structure of white supremacy and i think exactly i think us as 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 you know as black folk as well well most people across the world have been oppressed by white supremacy yeah um whether we whether we talk to eight whether we talk to um southern asians where you talk about um the um you know the commonwealth whether you talk to, you know, um, Latinos, whether you talk to Africans, like white supremacy is a thing that has permeated the rest of the globe. So that's at the front of our um, thought process. But like you said, Japan has a just a history of these things. And while we while we can talk about um, Japan, doesn't mean, like you said, we're giving all of you guys in the comment section ammunition to go for Japan because we are not defending the white colonial structure 
or you know um, white supremacy there's also the added fact that i'm american yeah and it's it's very weird when like somebody be like you're american did that because i'm like America don't even fuck with me like that. No. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you're you're saying things about America or like attributing certain things of America to me that not only does it not a, pertain okay. to me, but I wasn't allowed to participate exactly. or be a part of that. Um, when it did happen, like when Pearl Harbor happened, there were no black people in the room with Oppenheimer. You know what I mean? Like no. when, you know, when those concentration people, I'm sure that maybe there were people in the army, black people in the army. But for the most part, all those we generals were not the ones making decisions. Exactly. And we still we're just getting to a point where we're making decisions. Yeah. Um, and even those black people are going under the structure of white supremacists like they recruit them at 17 18 maybe younger on rotc and then just brainwash them yeah. into that um so then it, it feels weird for me to critique the the japanese and it just take one japanese person and be like this america talk to me yeah. about yeah. it i'm like damn i yeah. should sit down you know yeah i totally hear you um yeah. but in regards to like jjk season two for me I'm like a huge like battle shonen guy. And yeah. I love it. Like, um, like my favorite anime of all times like Yu Yu Hakusho. Like I just that Oh, they have the best tournament arc, I think, of Dark all. Dark Tournament movies. is spectacular. Yeah. It's it's an ab like I've rewatched that arc so many times. But for me, as like a shonen fan, I'll I won't say I became disillusioned with the genre, but I just thought I was very disappointed by My Hero Academia. I thought My Hero Academia really? had an amazing premise and I liked the first two seasons, first three seasons, but I just felt the world of the superheroes was fun in terms of different... I was very fascinated by the different quirks or how like quirks are hereditary and how, um, you know, being a superhero isn't like... It's, almost, it's a job for most people. Mm -hmm. A lot of these superheroes see this as a job. But... For some reason, I fell out of love with my, my Hero Academia. Did you watch the most recent season? I stopped around season five. I That's why. Season five was terrible. Um, but season six yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And that world that we've been introduced to doesn't exist anymore. Okay. It's dystopia. I can't, like, you wouldn't even recognize it once you get to season six. Mm. Um, because of the events, like, you didn't finish season five because they paced it so oddly. Yeah. Where, like... The first, like, five or six episodes were almost completely filler. Yeah. And then it's, like, the last three they rush and try to set up season six. But in season six, I, I'm going to kind of spoil it. Um, yeah, go ahead. The villains get what they want. Yeah. Stain, stain, stain. The villains are just running a fucking muck. The hero society is basically dismantled. And their everyday Deku is by himself trying to figure yeah. out how to save people. And... It's worth the wait because I think what the thing is it's it took a little bit too long to get there, but once you get there, you're there, Fresh. and it's so it's the same type of critique on the government, right? Mm -hmm. Where Stain says it in like season two or three, yeah, that philosophy and even Stain himself returns where they're like talking about like the impropriety, the corruption within the hero society. Um, Hawks becomes like this 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 guy who's like a double agent and has to decide whether or not he has to kill someone. So it, it becomes a whole endeavor, gets called out for his crimes. Um, Davu starts reading him to film. Mm. It's a whole, it gets really good. I don't want to spoil you know it. Is? Like, I will get back to my hero, but it's just one of those things where it was like, ah, I'm out of the series. But then I think Jujutsu Kaisen season one started off as like, okay, this is a fun shonen mm -hmm. battle. My, 
manga, but what it was, I call it like a um, a wolf hidden in sheep's clothing. Yeah. In the sense where all the th- all the events of Shibuya, even Jujutsu society, Jujutsu society being as corrupt as it is, was told to us from day one. But it was masked under, hey, this is a, you know, typical battle shonen. You know, we've got our main cast of characters. Yeah. But then what Shibuya did, and even Hidden Inventory was flip the series on its head. Yeah, absolutely. And Shibuya gave me so much more appreciation for Gojo because Gojo as like the, the, the idea of Gojo being the strongest is obviously like he's the strongest person in the verse. He can handle all problems, but it shows like how... Um, disjointed Jujutsu society was because he goes away and not only does, you know, the Shibuya incident happen, we can see Jujutsu um, society crumbles. Now Itadori's a marked man. Now um, the president, now the president of Jujutsu High is being hunted down. Gojo as as the strongest isn't just like a power level. He's literally the only thing that was keeping Jujutsu society um, afloat. Yeah. And as soon as he's removed from the equation, chaos ensues yeah i i um i actually really i knew something bad was going to happen once i saw it was called the shibuya incident incident. yeah so i was like oh for sure they're gonna be on the run by the end of it i'm gonna see what happened that day but i knew for sure a bunch of people were gonna die i thought it was gonna be um itadori which did happen was gonna let off um sakuna and like all that stuff um but the three things, the three orders that the Jiu-Jitsu Society put out, none of it shocked me, right? They've been wanting Itadori dead. Yeah. They've been wanting Gojo dead. And the principal facilitated all of that. Mm. He's the one who gave the go-ahead. He was the one who, you know, fostered Gojo and gave him that power, gave him that position. And beyond that, I think Gojo was building a community of young sorcerers. And so... They're like, how do we structure it where we can get him out and take control? Because they didn't feel like they had control no, over anything. And honestly, he didn't set it up for he. That's some of his hubris, right? In his mind, he'll always be there. So he didn't have. He has some plan. I'm sure Utah is working for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like like for I didn't sure. read the manga, but I, I'm not a dummy. I've read enough books to know. He would not be like, yeah, let me go kill Itadori. Itadori yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. He just, But either way, I was like, beyond that, I don't think he set up a type of structure to prepare if he was gone. Because in his head, he would never be gone. And, and, and that's the isolating thing about Gojo's power. Yeah. Where his intentions are good to up even his idea of let me set up a young generation. Because if I kill all of these um, higher ups it doesn't change the structure yeah i need to put people in place mm-hmm. to fulfill these positions in the future but because he's gojo he always he always believes i'm a constant like, yeah that's what even um i am the honored one yeah i will be here so the fact that he is removed from the equation and there's nothing set in place yeah so like Utah's all the way in africa yeah, the, like the, the person because when um fate ghetto captures him, he's like, Hey, there's somebody beat you, Utah, but he's not there. Yeah, the, the system wasn't there for Utah to immediately succeed him because Gojo was going to be around forever in his mind. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and that's the isolating thing about power. And even we saw it in the relationship between Gojo and Ghetto, where the power between Gojo and Ghetto is what isolated them because while Gojo was being sent on these missions, Ghetto was the only person that had to 
like tangibly deal with these curses yeah. in terms of like ingesting them, exercising them with Gojo. It's like he is so above everyone else's plane of existence yeah. that sometimes he loses sight of reality. And that's kind of what happened as soon as he left chaos ensued absolutely i I think that's it and even ghetto you see that's even in that prequel like what's megami's father's name um toji toji when toji comes he kills obviously and gets gojo out of the way but he's brutal to ghetto and i'm like even in that instinct right people are more cruel to him like he has to endure things differently than gojo because everybody's goal is to get gojo out the way yeah um so he has to suffer he has to watch his girl get shot in the head he has to get kicked in the face why he kick him after he knocked him and then he (laughs) He kicked him him in the face and called him a dog and called called him a monkey and then that thing that that um kick to the face that told you gave ghetto scarred him so much that he started calling other people monkeys. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like the, and, and I think it's ironic, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's mm. ironic that the one, because um, Toji is a normal human. He's not, he hasn't got yeah. any cursed techniques. The one human that called him a monkey, he took that and started projecting it onto regular humans. Yeah. He never let go of that loss. Yeah. He never moved past it. That shit stuck with him. I think, um, and I've been meaning to make a video just to map out my thoughts, but I love watching how Ghetto versus Gojo uses their appearance to get what they want from then on in the same way, right? Like, Gojo uses it kind of like, I'm charming, I'm funny, I'm pow-, but he has that power to back him up. But in Ghetto, we see him, like, using it to get money, manipulating mm. people, to the point that when he meets... Um, Ah, everybody's name is so serious. Utah. Yeah. Um, and he sees Utah has um Rhea. He's like, Oh, um, this your hoe? Like this your girl? Yeah. And I'm like, because in Ghetto's mind, that's what he's used to doing. He used to manipulate he we see him manipulating women for money. We see him kind of use that like paternal thing with those two little girls. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I found very interesting is that after that instance where he's discriminated against and called the monkey from then on, he's like, I'm going to be dapper dressed to the nines, traditional. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a whole following. And like, that's the way that he, that's the direction. Yeah, he goes. And then it's so interesting that he even becomes like this cult leader. Cause we see him, um, when he finally becomes a villain in, in, in hidden inventory, he's like preaching to like a, a group of people. Yeah. And I find it interesting because the moment he snapped was when he saw, what was her name? Um, What was the friend that befriended? I think it's not Rika, it's something. I'm sure the blonde, the blonde woman? No, um, no, not the blonde woman. The, the girl that ended up dying under hands of Toji, the girl that Toji shot. Uh, yeah, I think it's Rika. I don't I think, know. I don't, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's something. Forgive us. But um, <laughs> when she dies, like, like she dies at the hands of this religious group. Yes. And then he ends up forming his own like cult like Do, religious group. Does he take over that group? Yeah, he takes over that group. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just like Ghetto as a character is super fascinating. But the one the thing about season two that I noticed were the parallels between Sakuna and Gojo. Yeah. In terms of if you look at their faces while they're fighting, the the ecstasy, the joy they feel. Like when Gojo is fighting, he always fights with a smile on his face. Yeah. And that's obviously an indication of power. But I think for beings like Sukuna and Gojo, their power is their release. No one can yeah. relate to them in in normal society. But the only way they get to express themselves 
is through fighting. We saw in season one when Sakuna fought Jogo, just the joy on his face, like, let me show my pupil how I fight. And we saw it with Sakuna this season. The scene, the scene's been memed to death, but it's the scene where Jogo's um, forming a meteor and Sakuna comes down. And he's like, wait. And, and he's like, wait. But he's doing it to be a troll. But I think with Sakuna, obviously he's been in prison in Itadori's body, but fighting is a freedom of expression for him. That, Absolutely. That, that, and, and we could see the whole time he was fighting Maharaga, the joy and ecstasy on their face. And I can't wait for them to, to eventually meet because they are so similar to each other. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we even see like, I wouldn't say foreshadowing, but we even see in Hidden Inventory that Gojo could have easily become Sukuna if it oh, wasn't so. for Ghetto. Ghetto, because I remember the scene where, again, um, the girl dies and Gojo's like, we could kill everyone here. And get, um, so Gojo's like, we can kill everyone here. And Ghetto's like, we can't do that because we're sorcerers. Yeah. And even the scene where they're playing basketball, yeah. Gojo has the mentality of, we're the strongest. We could do with the world as we please. And that's the exact same mentality Sukuna has. Yeah. Sukuna, the world is Sukuna's oyster. And it's just so interesting to see like how certain choices have made these characters deviate in completely different paths. Honestly, yes. And that was the whole point. Even them switching Ghetto and um, Gojo. And we see that, right? Like when Gojo comes back to life, essentially, mm -hmm. and goes to fight... Um, Toji? Toji. Um, he's high. Yeah. He's floating. And Toji's like, is this guy high? Like yeah. he's in exit. Like he's feeling it. And even in present day, he just starts picking a fight with Megami because he wants to feel alive again. Yeah. Like he's like, I need to feel what I felt when I fought your father. And I yeah. know it's in you. And I think that that's so interesting. That parallel with um, Sukuna where he's like, Hey, um, I'm having fun. Yeah. Even like when he's fighting that um, cursed spirit, the the one that he kills and like goes to the afterlife to tell him good yeah. game. And, and you are, yeah. But but then the the difference is one thing are different is when Gojo fought Ghetto. No, Gojo fought um, Jogo. There was like Gojo was like you are weak, but when yeah. Sakuna fought Jogo, he was like you are strong. So like the difference in. Even though Sakuna's this dastardly villain, there was a level of like humility there, or level of respect. Respect. I don't Re think Gojo respects a cursed spirit. <laughs> yeah, it was a level yeah. of respect where it was like, you're actually strong. Where Gojo, the hero, was like, get your weak ass out of yeah, here. Yeah, he's like a domain. Ugh, yeah, 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 get your yeah. weak ass out of here. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it's interesting. I just can't wait for those two characters to meet because they are so similar to each other. Yeah. But they just took divergent paths. Um, there was one thing I also wanted to talk to you about. You, the one take I disagreed with you, but I understood where you were coming from. In terms, it was the whole discourse about Martin Scorsese. Um, oh, with Killers of the Flower Moon. I haven't seen that movie yet, so oh, okay. I won't discuss that movie in particular. But um, you made the point that um, and correct, correct me if I'm misquoting you. But it was the point that some of Martin Scorsese's films are gratuitous, not gratuitous. Yeah, like the Irishman. Yeah, uh, like. I, I can acknowledge that he's a good filmmaker yeah. um, and he's for the, the film people. Mm. Um, but does that make an entertaining movie? Mm. You know what I mean? I would dis I would say two of his most critically, well, not most, but two of the most entertaining films I've seen from Scorsese that are the ones that are very entertaining. Um, Wolf of Wall Street 
and even I love Wolf of Wall yeah. Street. After uh, the last half, this is like last section, the last act mm-hmm. is gratuitous. I I don't I could go without it. You mm. get what I'm saying? And honestly, Wolf of Wall Street, which I find entertaining, I I have a huge critique because even though Jordan Belfer is a criminal and someone we he is not He's too likable. He's too likable. Where like you want him to win, and he doesn't show. And honestly, I didn't watch Oppenheimer, which wasn't done by him, for that same reason. Where we humanize terrible, terrible people. people. Oppenheimer, especially. Even I had brought it up, um, like in a quick line where I was like, you know, Oppenheimer wouldn't have done as good if it wasn't for Barbie. And people were like defending Oppenheimer. I was like, and now this is his legacy. Oppenheimer, the the guy. We're like a lot of. Details were changed and a lot of things were made to make him seem like a nuanced, humanized person when he was a terrible guy who's not forced to be in the military, who's not forced to do this stuff, who tested on indigenous people, who um, killed, who's responsible for millions and millions of people's deaths. Um, Wall Street is terrible Mm. and it's destroying American economy. And Jordan Belfer is a huge contributor to that. And he was cheating on his wife. He was coked up he was yeah. beating his wife and i never not liked him that whole movie i would say the the i would say the movie is supposed to like the big the, it's the first part of the movie supposed to show how much of a cult of personality jordan belford is yeah and it's supposed to like give you okay what's the allure of this life and i think what, what Marcus says was trying to do was like the movie was like, excessive like intentionally, but what yeah. I what I say where the lend, ending kind of like missed was like okay, we've had the come up, the come down needs to be like tremendous, and we need to see the people he was affecting because I think yes. we don't. I think with coming out of Wolf of Wall Street, you don't understand why what Jordan Belfort did was bad. You know that he's committing fraud. But he was defrauding regular people. These were That's people who had disposable. It's not like you're you're defrauding billionaires who have excess money to spend. You're defrauding regular workers. You're defra- you're defrauding the average um person. Like like um when he first joins his first he was sec- doing penny stocks. Was, yeah. That's stuff we would do, right? Yeah. I'd put in my last two hundred dollars. You're promising me I'd be rich like the people on Wall Street. Yeah. Or he was getting like five thousand dollars to the point where old boy was like, "I'd suck your dick if you could get five thousand dollars from these people," yeah. and he did. And yeah. you're right; they never show the guy like, "I lost my house, I lost yeah. everything." They never show even his wife, who he just drops off the side for Margot. Right? Yeah. They never show him her again. Yeah. You never see her again. Like the that the the cons and I get. Here's the thing, I get. Like if Martin Scorsese was 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 trying to tell the story of that there's no consequence for the rich, which there wasn't. He went to a like a really swanky jail, and now Jordan Belfort to this day is still doing he public seminars. He was in the movie. He was in the movie, and that's the problem I have. He should yes. have never been in that movie. I agree. He should have never been in that movie. I feel like the first two hours were perfect because I felt like you need to see why this life is alluring. Agreed. You Agreed. need to you need to be the same way the workers are. You need to be sucked into this life. Mm. You, but we need to see the ramifications that he had on other people. We know Jordan Belford in real life didn't suffer any consequences, mm. but we need to see 
to in order to understand the movie, we need to see the people he affected. Exactly, and and uh, that's what I mean by the gratuitous, right? Yeah. And like even if you've ever seen Snowfall, which is yeah, by I your love, countrymen, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, David Andrews. He um that's how it ends, right? We see that we see that gratuitous lifestyle where he's like living it up. We see everybody's living. Uh, I always want to call her Frankie Louis. Yeah. Louis is um. She's got a horse. Like, everybody's living it up. And we see the people they affect. There's a whole arc about Wanda becoming a crackhead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She becomes a crackhead. He becomes a crackhead. Yeah. His dad died. Like, we see true ramifications for someone that we see that is likable, lovable. You know what I mean? Breaking Bad. Now, they had considerable more time to do yeah. it. I'm trying to think of a movie that does the same thing. But to your point... And to my point, like, Martin Scorsese is for the boys. He makes movies for the boys. A lot of it. Now, I, I know he's produced and given money to, like, other projects. But I'm talking about his signature projects, The Irishman, which is three hours of I white men. I think The Irishman's one of his worst projects. You know, people love The Irishman. I think, I think this it's, it's, it's good, but, like, I would, like, peak Martin Scorsese for me is The Departed, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street. White as fuck. These are all very white movies. But the reason why I, I hear it, because he's speaking to... Martin says he grew up in... Like, he's New York. To, yeah. New York. He grew white up in Brooklyn. New, There's black people everywhere. That is his experience. And I feel like... The, the reason why I say, like, Goodfellas, for example, I, I hold it up so highly because Goodfellas is the one movie where you see, like, the consequence. Okay, that's you fair. You see the... Like, you... You see how sick some of these mafia guys are. Yeah. Especially like um I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, it's not Jimmy. It's um Damn, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I haven't names. seen good fellows since But you know the scene is like funny how, funny mm -hmm, how, right? Mm -hmm. That that character is the like we are not meant to he's deranged. And yeah. every character in that movie, we start off liking them. And by the end of the movie, we despise all of them. That's how it should be. And I feel like, and even in the in, in in another movie, The Departed, I adore that movie. Everyone in that movie dies. Damn, I do like The Departed. That's the one with uh, Ben um, Affleck. No, I'm thinking of no, something else. Um, Who's in it? But it's in Boston, right? The yeah, Department yeah, 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 is in yeah, Boston. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's from Brooklyn, though. Like, imagine yeah. if there was um, a actor from where did you say you're from? The East End? Yeah, East East London. Yeah, East London, and they were doing these movies. A white guy from East London, and he did a movie. <laughs> About like the white mafia and no black people were involved, you'd be like, "This is us." Anyway, even the races, even in the Sopranos, they was calling the slurs, but we yeah. was in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's that. That's just the reason why I don't like him. That's it, Matt Damon. That's Matt it. Damon. It was Matt Damon. I mix him up with um Ben Affleck, um yeah. all the time. So like, yeah, there was Matt Damon. It was like it was like. It was, I think, when in the Departed, it was more so Irish gangs. I think because it was the. But set. that's Boston. 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 I, I'll give them a pass. Boston yeah. white as fuck. Yeah. I would never. I with, don't even visit with Boston. With Martin like Scorsese, that. right? And here's the thing. I would rather, and it's gonna sound like a cop out, but with Martin Scorsese, I'll say this: he is very much telling his story and the story he grew up with. I'd rather him tell that than try to misrepresent us. That's Cause fair. Because that's that's the one thing that I think. If you're going to represent black people, having black people isn't just enough. Yeah. There needs to be active. And I'm not saying Mars says he can't do the research. He absolutely can. But I feel like too many directors are now just ticking the box. 
where it's like, I, I agree. we have black stories, but we're not empowering black voices to write these stories. I, but I also think that there's room for them to just include black characters mm. to, that are written the same way that they're like auxiliary white characters would be written mm. and that's what i mean i agree like i don't want him to write a story about like paid in full yeah you know or juice i don't want yeah. him to write that but like if he's interacting with if he does goodfellas and they're interacting with people in queens or brooklyn who's dealing crack or like get, buying guns from them or something yeah. like that that character you know what i mean like they're not saying they have to be a full character but just someone that's on the outside um i'm watching power right now yeah um tony have- danza's in it not tony danza um the other very italian very famous uh shit what's his name i don't know Stands whatever. Yeah. He's an actor, um, an Italian actor. He's in it. He's in the mob, and they're a, a second group. And we, as black people, when we make projects, we always have to include. If yeah. we want it to be considered something that's like nationally known, we always have to include a white person in it, right? Yeah. Or a white family or a white something. Yeah. And those characters are never not fleshed out. That is fair. You know that what I mean? Like, Craig of the Creek is a cartoon. <laughs> With a black character who's the head of it, his his both his friends had to be white for it to to yeah, pop off. It can't off. be an exclusively black cast unless like you're doing something that Tyler Perry. Oh uh, yeah, which the, I, uh, yeah. I, can't, I can't stand Tyler Perry, but um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's and, and and that's the thing. Sometimes like to pivot the sometimes like as a like wanting to see black voices in the space, and when we see the prominent ones like Tyler Perry, I'm like I want to support you, but I just can't. I just, I just, I, I just, I can't do it, man. And I've seen a few. I've, I've not even just outside of the Medea ones. I think the first Tyler Perry movie I saw that wasn't Medea related was like Temptations. That was the one where. Which one was the one with? Uh, they're just riddled with stereotypes and yeah. colorism and. Yeah, and that's it's why, hard. and that's why for me, I think one of my favorite black TV shows ever is Lovecraft Country. Yes, yeah, I adore that show because I think. What they did is I'd, I've, I'd always wanted to see black people in fantasy. Yeah. But what it did is that it was obviously set in a time period where, like, obviously segregation and racism is still a thing. But they used magic as a power structure that suppressed us, but also as a power structure that we could take. Yeah. And the exploration of that was fascinating. That's how I was so furious when it didn't get a season two. Because I was like... I, but I, I felt like the story ended too. It so did, it was, it was cool. It, I feel like the the, the, the stories for the, every character involved ended. But I wanted to live in that universe for a bit longer. That's fair. Because Atticus kind of like... And now given black people access to magic. Yeah. I want to see a universe there. I agree. I, I feel like there's another universe. that Now, for so long, even in the universe... Um, magic was was a tool used to oppress us. Now we live in a universe where we have access to it. That is so interesting. So did you like Watchmen? That's a black story. Yeah, I, lo- I like Watchmen. I love it. It was the same way where like he wrote Watchmen to be one season. Yeah. Um, to be a miniseries. But after, I was like, the most powerful being in the universe is a black woman. And I want to see how that universe lives. Yeah. I feel you. I think... The thing I was worried about with Lovecraft Country, especially since the reading material had stopped there, yeah, I was afraid that, and it's not that I don't trust them, but I feel like whenever people go beyond what the material goes, even in things like Game of Thrones and stuff like that, I could be here it gets hours. lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I know. Season eight is whatever, but um, 
you know, the the plot gets lost and then the characters and the people involved in it or even what makes the story special becomes like a caricature of what it once was because they're stretching it beyond what it was supposed to be. Um, and then I was thinking about like Jonathan Majors right now. I was like, damn, what if Lovecraft Country was still popping off? Like how it ruined it and the story I mean, to be fair, his character's dead. So you just, so you just keep him dead. I, th- I think they was going to bring him back, right? I don't know. They I, mean they probably would have brought him back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it's even hard to watch back that show now because he's such an integral part of the, the show, a central part. And I'm like, and I really like his character as well. So I'm like, how long before he called Journey Smollett, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> how long in that show would he have called her that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, Coretta, you're my Coretta. You're my Coretta. We're gonna get Coretta. through this. Use that magic, like oh, Coretta. He really was his Coretta. He was his, she was his Coretta. It was the fifties too. She looked just like her. Yeah. Insane. Oh, uh, insane. Absolutely, absolutely insane. But um, yeah. I brought some snacks. I don't I'm know if so you want to try them. I do, I do want to try these snacks. Yeah, so this, so this is a Jaffa cake. I don't really particularly like these, but <laughs> like they are British staple, and I felt like it'd be a disservice if I didn't like they're basically like uh, biscuits, or you guys call them cookies, but yeah. It looks like che- Velveeta, like Kraft. It probably does. Is this cheesy? No, this no. is the orange. Orange, it's like chocolatey orange, yeah. Okay, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Let's see, let's see. This is not promising. Oh, it's soft. Yeah. Is there an orange in here? Yeah, it's just like orange flavored. I mean, it's not bad. Yeah? It's not bad. What would um, you rate? Uh, uh, try, it, try it one for ten. A six? A six. Not bad. <laughs> what? Was that your Keith? <laughs> I just saw your hands. Was that your Keith Lee? Hilarious. It's a six. Let's try um, it. Ready one for ten. I like that the cookie's soft. The orange is an odd choice. Yeah. It's an, or- it's an odd choice to make. Yeah. This right. is, yeah. Jaffa cakes, that's one. Okay. And we have got, this is a British staple, digestive biscuits. This is a British staple. Is it going to make me go to the bathroom? No. Okay. Again, it's, 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 like, it's like a... You eat it with tea? Do you drink tea? Yeah. You kind of you dunk it with tea, but... I heard to get a British man, you have to have tea with you and biscuits. Um, is that true? Is that all British men or white British men? So, no... Most no, all it applies to all bright white British men and some British black men. Okay, okay, that's fair. It, yeah. Why do all your cookies look the same? Chocolate some... on the bottom. This is this is what y'all do. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a state. Yeah, that's kind of what we do. That's hard. Yeah, it's not soft. Like our biscuits are like hard. I think Toll House does this better. Yeah. They have a cookie that's like chocolate and has little stripes on it. Mm-hmm. This is pretty good. Or the Girl Scouts, they have a cookie called so the Samoa. So what would you say is better, like the Jaffa cake or this, or the digestives? Mm, I would say they're the same. I think with, if I was dipping this in tea, mm. it'd be a little better. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, it's not John Blaze. Like, I'm not eating it like, oh, this is incredible. I need mm. to, it's all right. Nah, nah, cool. One for ten. Okay. One for them. That's a six, too. That's six. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, I had to bring the sensations. 
There's a lot of crisps that we have. But this, I stand by. Me and then Ilmi in the back have, have vouched and verified <laughs> this. So we're going to have Frankie try it. Just know that if you do not like these, we cannot guarantee your safety going no, home. No, when I go home, <laughs> they're going to come out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's see. I will say the marketing for this is incredible. Yeah. I was like, pressure. I thought, I thought they were coming to see yeah. if I like it. All right, look, Caesar. Mm, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yes. Thai sweet chili. Mm, mm-hmm. There's a spice at the end. Yeah. Wow. Just the sweet chili. To be fair, like even now, like pe people have we've debated that like, people have debated that it used to taste better like five years ago because like, there was like a massive sugar tax mm -hmm. in this country. So a lot of the stuff were a lot more sweet back then. But yeah. Mm, I could see like if this was a little sweeter sweeter, it'd be better. Mm. This is really good though. We don't have any chips that taste anything like this. Yeah, this is good. We got see, we got see, we got seasoning over here. This see says Thai. Yeah, yeah. This is imported, imported, seasoning. Okay, hey, that's who brings the flavor. Mm -hmm. That's who brings the flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't sure if you. Oh, let me see. Do you guys have milky bars in the states? Mm -mm. Mm. So mm -hmm. this is. I don't know, maybe down south. I so don't. yeah, we got milky bars right over it. We got milky bars. I tried to find some other chocolate. I know some people are gonna be in the comment section saying, why did you put this chocolate? Listen, mm -hmm. milky bars. It's yeah, a, I can't stop eating these chips. They're so good. No, they're good. They're good. They're good. Okay, so this is milky bar, what's it? Um, it's just white chocolate basically. Just white chocolate by itself? No, no, no. You you'll see. I haven't I swear, I haven't eaten those since I was a kid. They might not even be what you remember it to be. Hey, we're going we gonna to find out. If I, I'll even try one with you. Yeah, good. I'll even try one with you. I'm not eating this in a while. Oh, it's by Nestle. Yeah. Mm. Fun fact, I'm not even a chocolate guy like that. Really? I don't like, like... No. I like chocolate. Mm. It's all right. I think it needs, like, chocolate or... We have something, the Hershey's. Um, mm, we got Hershey's over here. The cookies and creams flavor. Mm. That's a little better. But that's just like, I think it's for children. It's all sugar. So wait, they tax, they have a sugar tax, so companies use less sugar and stuff? Yeah. Mm. Health health requirements and stuff like that. Really? I thought you guys were already thin, naturally. We are, but nah, we, I mean, to be, okay. We're not as bad as you guys, respectfully. Excuse me. But, <laughs> yeah. respectfully, we're, we're not as bad as you guys. Yeah. But, like, there is, um, obviously, like, anyway, well, there's, like, an obese population here. So, um, I, I want to, what's the obese population, though? They're, like, a 4X? Like, you don't have 1,000-pound people. No, we okay. don't. We don't. It's, like, yeah, probably, like, a 3X. Like, three, like, three, like, or, or, like, double XL. That is standard in America. Standard, like, outside of, like, New York is and L.A. and Miami are pretty thin Would you places. say because you, you got to walk around a lot? No, I think it's more um, the culture in terms of, like, there's so much entertainment, mm. as in, like, entertainment jobs, and people just feel pressure. So, so like, the exercise. Okay. Definitely we walk. In L.A., you don't walk anywhere. 
Um, I visit there often, and when I go, I'll try to walk, and people are like, what are you doing? Like, get it together type thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, over here, like, yeah, there was, like, there was a massive, like, tax on, like, sugar and even, like, certain foods. Like, I remember, like, when I was in, when I was in, like, primary school, which is kindergarten, I think, like, there was, like, Jamie Oliver, the chef, was like, oh, yeah, we need to cut out a lot of food. Like, we couldn't even get chicken nuggets in school anymore. Seriously? Um, not in school. Obviously, you can get them outside, but not in school. They used to serve them with, like, um, like fries and stuff. They, they cut that all out. Interesting. They cut that all out. So, like, our, our food in school was pretty bland. Oh, our lunch food is terrible. It's yeah. pizza and chicken fingers and all that stuff. See, yeah, yeah, we ain't getting that. Pizza, we got pizza when we were good. We got pizza like on a Friday. It's like, hey guys, it's golden time. So guess what we did? We do the pizza. But what's, that, go- what's golden time? Golden time is like it that happened in like um like kindergarten where it was like, hey, the kids are really good. So um for the last hour of the day, we're gonna like dance around. Like we're gonna ah. go off curriculum, just dance, play music, you know, just kind of like happy hour basically yeah. for kids. So that's what golden time was, and then that's when we got like pizzas and stuff like that yeah i want to try the mcdonald's out here and see if you guys use real chicken in your nuggets absolutely not oh you don't the same nuggets absolutely not I, me and my friend who's vegan was debating on whether or not she could eat the nuggets because i was like i don't think there's any chicken in there it's, it, it's it, probably mo- but she was like nah there, we looked it up there's like some animal parts like, in it so what so th- this is my outdated information for what I know when it comes to chicken nuggets it's like it's meat but it's like carcass that's blended yeah all together and then obviously frozen and then uh, it's they it's, throw a lot of soy in there yeah I think plastic yeah they throw, they put whatever they throw they some want. nasty stuff in there but uh we got some juices as well mm. to try this is, I would say, this is better cold, but this has been sitting here for a minute. But this is Sud Exotic by Guys and Ends. The man them will know about Sud Exotic pineapple and coconut, a hood staple, an end staple. You drink it by yourself or you mix it with alcohol? Oh, this is a good alcohol mix. Uh, it looks like it. I was like, ooh, that sounds delicious. You mix it you, with some tequila. You could drink it by yourself, but by this, itself, this yeah. This Malibu is too sweet for me. It's too sweet. Yeah. You don't think so? I think it's all right. Do you know what it is? I like my drinks to kind of mask the taste of like of alcohol. Yeah, nah, I, I like. I actually like alcohol. I um, and I don't have a taste. I went with my friends to a soul food restaurant in California, and I had Kool Aid for the first time, and it was too sweet. And they were so they were so disappointed. That might be sweet. No, but this is like naturally sweet. Mm. I like this. Damn, this with some tequila yeah. would cook. Or um, I don't like vodka. Yeah, or gin. Throw some gin in there. I drink whiskey too. So what? What, what would you say? Because I'm a because I'm a rum type of, type of guy. I like my rum. You like oh, because you don't like the taste of alcohol. You can mix this with rum. Yeah. Do you know what is some? It depends. Like I like the taste of like. Rum and some things, but I like rum and vodka, but I despise gin. I don't really like tequila. I love Whiskey. Gin. Whiskey's I can drink by itself. I'm right, mixing whiskey. Do you whiskey. guys drink Hennessy out here? Yeah, we drink it because of you guys. Oh, because we made it cool? Okay. Yeah, but I, I don't like Hennessy like that. That's fair. Hennessy's not good. It's yeah, not, it's, it's, it's not it's, good. It's trash. I don't like it. That's fair. That's I fair. Don't like it. Do you like, guys smoke weed out here? Yeah. Is it legal? No. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Like no, nah, no. Nah. But everyone like you, you, 
you you know you hit up you hit up the guy and then the the man though you hit up the you man, get, man we can actually meet sully if we like <laughs> we actually he asked us for a little bit a little yeah. weed like now you could go to a store and get weed in new york oh really like the corner stores the smoke shops they'll be half bodega half let me get an eighth of sativa yeah. Um, and in LA, they have yeah. like nice, but they're expensive. I would never buy from there. Yeah, nah. but yeah, over here it's not like that. You gotta get your stuff from. You gotta get it on the hush. Yeah, you, you guys get... are so proper. That's why. <laughs> but you, you can get... smoke a cigarette wherever that kills you. Yeah, that's so funny. We doesn't kill you. No, it doesn't. But like our government's backwards. Yeah, because tobacco. Like okay, beer and like cigarettes are such an ingrained part of UK culture. Yeah, where it's like. Only like both like before you could smoke in like buildings, but like now you can't do that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like weed and like but weed in this country, nah. No, we're the same. We're pretty criminal towards weed, especially in New York. Like it's legal, but you can't smoke it anywhere, technically. Yeah. But we do, but our shit is illegal, but carnival. So when we have when we have carnival in the UK, which is around about like November. Oh my God, that's freezing! No, no, Why no, would no, you no, have carnival? November, then? August. Sorry, uh, August. I was like, you gotta be naked in no, November. No, no, August. Okay. August. We're having around August. Yeah, things be smoking weed and just like police would just that. be like. Nah, whenever yeah. we have a music festival, yeah. it's just a cloud of weed. Like, yeah. I don't even really bring weed because I'm like. I'm going to get high as soon as I yeah. walk up in there. Yeah. We have, like, spots, CBD spots, but, like, that's that's not the same. No. It's not the same. But, yeah, you could, though, you could get it here. You just got to make phone calls. That's about it. But you can get it here. Yeah, why do I have to be diplomatic to get an eighth? That's crazy. Yeah, you just got to go cool. <laughs> Yo, have you got, yeah, I'll meet you around the corner, the alleyway here. All right, cool. You got it. Well, everyone does it here. But, yeah. That's that's basically the UK. We're just very like strict on shit. Well, I feel like, and I feel like in I, New York, stuff closes a lot later. Like here, unless it's a weekend, everything's closed at like. By yeah, I came in later last night, and I was looking for some place to eat. It was around nine p.m., and they were like, "I don't know," and I was like, "What do you mean you don't know? I'm in yeah. the heart of London," and they were like. Oh, you could find some places that close at 10 30 11 yeah like, grow up it's friday night yeah like, like, it... but past midnight you're only gonna find bars yeah pubs right yeah no 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 actual like bars like we got oh we got lit bars over here you right? got lit bars yeah, i do, yeah, i want to yeah. taste potato skins out here yeah so there's a few oh, you how long are you here for uh week and a half oh you got help okay we got help shortage Shortage? Okay. Sh okay. Everybody's uh, recommending St. John's. Have you been there? For what? To eat. Oh. To, they're like, oh, it's a staple of British food. I get it. Like, but yeah. I've been talking to non-black people. So yeah, no, 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 no. You nah, say nah. shortage, is it? Okay. Shortage, yeah. <laughs> For the matter we're going to kill. Shortage is like one of like the nightlife places in London. It's like the part of London that like never sleeps it's like it's always active you can find like 10 bars there hella clubs over there like it's fun a lot of people in london hate it because we've been here all our lives and it's like okay let's be out of shortage but if you're here go there have shortage fun. okay yeah, yeah, yeah there's hella bars i'm there. gonna try i'm gonna try it. i'm gonna definitely i'm gonna go do some dirty stuff this week yeah um i'm going to forbidden planet yes forbidden um, planet is good 
I'm going to a couple other comic book stores and then there's a comic book um, store not far from here. I think it's called Japan. I'll send it to you, but Japan Core. Oh. It's like um it's in Camden, it's like a little like cute manga shop's so, like right next to where Ca- I work. Isn't Camden scary? Camden's scary. I heard Ca- Camden's not- hood. Camden, no. Camden, you find a lot of punk, punk rockers out there. Ah, it's that type of... Okay, yeah, I can Camden's some very punk, punk rockish. So okay. like, you find, like, people with super spiky hair, tattoos all over their face. It's, like, very, like, artsy punk. Okay. Yeah, where Shoreditch... I'd describe Shoreditch like nightlife, but super, like, artsy as well. Okay. So, yeah. All yeah. right, we'll see. I, I'm fine with art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, like, definitely, like, trust me, London, there's... There's a lot. We're not all prim and proper here. Like all Interesting. You can have fun. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. We'll find out. There's a um, lot of I'll us. give my report at the end of the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, listen, I'm not going to fail you like you knew you New Yorkers failed Keith Lee. I ain't going to do that. That wasn't us. That was you. Those were the transplants. Well, thankfully, you got, you know, you got people from Ed's and I'm sure you'll be others that will direct you in the right directions in London. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not as big as Keith Lee, so I don't have the London transplant. I don't want to go back to the States and giving us a bad name. Like, people, we need to direct you to the right spots. I will. Yeah? I I will if it's not good. I'll be like... First, no, 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 I'll be like, this is terrible. I don't know why everybody likes London. It's terrible. (laughs) And then that'll be it. First, But Frankie... Appreciate you coming on the show, man. I had so much fun. Thank yeah. you. Oh, sorry, I got one more drink. We got yes. Rubicon. Oh yes. Okay, let me finish this. Rubicon. Yeah. So was the was the pineapple one too sweet as well? I don't think so. It was um. I think it'd be better with liquor, but it was good. Like I wouldn't drink it. I wouldn't offer it. Like I wouldn't drink it with dinner. Let's see. This one looks like orange juice. This is Rubicon Mango. Oh, this tastes like grilled juice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah usually so perplexed. Yeah. No, like, you know, we have like oh, drink. Was, yeah. And then we have juice. Yeah. But it has to say like 100%. Like, I found out Dasani water is like not water. Really? It has like salt and all this other stuff. It's water with all this extra stuff in it. And so that's the type of life we live in where like everything has all these preservatives and stuff. This is pretty good. This would also be better with tequila though. Oh, so look, get these, like I said, these are prime mixers that we use for various Yeah, drinks. I like that mango a little bit better. Yeah. So if the pineapple coconut is, let's say, an eight. Mm-hmm. Mango's a nine. I like mm. the mango. Very smooth. First, first, first. So this is the tour. So what would you say is the best thing you've had on the on the table? <sighs> the sensations, the chips. The I'm chips. Banging. Yeah, banging. the chips is definitely it. Chips are good. I'm going to take it back home. Yeah, no, no. You can, yeah. you can take the whole thing. I don't really care, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nah, I can't take it. Because then I'll eat them all, but I'll take a couple bags with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a couple bags. Take a couple bags. But yeah. Frankie, please tell the people where they can find you, what you got going on. And I see you got like a, a new show. I saw a camera set up yeah. on your TikTok. Talk about that real yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, well, you can find me anywhere at Fantastic Frankie. Mm. Uh, F-R-A-N-K-E-Y Except for Twitter, which I don't really use. It's don't. Fanboy Fighter. I, I hate don't. Twitter. Um. But um, I am working on my own, like, talk show. It's very short. It's similar to, like, Z-Way, if you've ever seen that, oh, yeah, where I, I interview people um, and just have, like, a quick interview with them. Less podcasts, more, like, 
structured kind of yeah. interview. Um, and I'm actually going to hopefully, actually, no, I think I'm ready. Um, the first episode I'll have premiere on the 5th on YouTube Woo! on February. February. Yeah. Yes. Coming up. I'm excited. So second I come back from Please London. Please send me the, I'll, I'll put all the links on the pages. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. So yeah, my first interview is with Cleo Thomas. Uh, he, if you've ever seen Holes, he was in Holes. Oh, the Disney he was zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He sure. was zero. Um, and he does, he's really big gamer now. Um, he, he's done some other actions in Roblox. I saw you dabble into gaming with like Baldur's Gate. I still, yeah, I still game. Yeah. I still, Baldur's Gate's the only thing I've ever played besides Harry Potter. Okay. Um, and I love Baldur's Gate. I think it's really turned me up in terms of gaming. You ever played Final Fantasy? No, like, so Harry Potter and Baldur's Gate are the two games okay. I've played ever. Because uh, I said Final Fantasy because you mentioned, oh, I like the RPGs, and you said Harry Potter, and I was like, I could, this my girl might be I into keep Final on, Fantasy. I keep on hearing that. I think what I liked about Harry Potter and Baldur's Gate is that I could be myself in these worlds, so I felt like I was in an isekai. Customizable, okay. Yeah. I don't want to be some white guy. No, that's cutting fair. people, you know that what I mean? Is, that is fair, okay. But you know, I'll try it because I'm going to play the Suicide Squad game mm -hmm. when it comes out next month. No, what I'll do, I'm going to DM you a list of games that I think you may enjoy based on like. What I, I want to play Deathloop. I heard Deathloop. that was great. I've never played that. I heard Deathloop was great. Yeah. It has a black protagonist. I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll start. I, ha I yeah. can't. I don't want to throw you in the deep end, didn't it? Because, yeah. Cause I mean, Baldur's Gate is the deep, deep end. True. How much more complex is it than Go? Like, that's a complex game with no guidance. You need to play Mass Effect. I don't know what that is. Okay. Mass Effect, Elder Rings. Mass Effect is... It's an... Oh, okay. Disclaimer. The game... The versions you get, like, on a PlayStation 5 or on PC are, like, the game's old. So, it's, like, the latest game released in, that like 2013. But Mass Effect is a game set in outer space in a universe where humans and aliens have interacted. Humans are, like, the newest species to the Galactic Council. You mm. play as a customizable character, but the character's name is Shepard, whatever Shepard. Um, and they are the first, like, human Spectre. Spectre's like, um, think of it like um, a government agent, but mm -hmm. for the Galactic Council. Interesting. Um, you're the first ever human Spectre. Um, and the game, like, requires you to, like, build a team full of humans and aliens to, like, solve diplomatic issues, but also fight off a wider threat. The appeal about the game, kind of, I think, like, Boulder's Gate is that you get customizable um, dialogue. Mm. So you can, like, build, like, relationships with these characters or become enemies with these characters. It won't be as complex as Boulder's Gate because it's a much older game. Yeah. But, like I said, you can customize your protagonist so you can make your protagonist a black woman or, you know, a black man. And your choices affect each game. So there's three games in the original trilogy. And let's say a character dies in... The first game, they will not be back in the second game. But if they, if you choose to save them in the first game, they'll be back in the second game or third game. So your, uh -huh. so your choices affect the story in each game. I love that. Yeah. Like Baldur's Gate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. I, that's my favorite thing about Baldur's Gate is like, yeah. I'm on my third playthrough. Yeah. And I'm not playing a totally different game. Yeah. I heard if you play as a drow, it's like insane like people yeah. are so racist towards you yeah and like you go to goblin camp there's no roles you just yeah. walk right in like it's a whole thing so yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. excited yeah well yeah frankie i appreciate you coming on the show this has been the rare podcast i didn't even do my intro i have to do my intro yeah but 
It's been your boy NK, aka the man of the hour. Too sweet to be sour. It's been another amazing episode of the Rare Podcast. Thank you, Frankie, for coming through. And thank you for trying the snacks, of you know. Course. I hope I did the man them proud. Please. <laughs> I did the man them proud. But yeah, man, tune into the next episode. We are signing out. Peace. <laughs>